right. Uh, hello, everybody. This is uh, Mike Kronowski with Christian Arms America. Here we are in early October. Actually, we're in November already. Here it is. Where does time go? So we're here with uh, my co-host, uh, Chet. How you doing, Chet? Good. How are you? We're doing fantastic. And uh, today is a, a big day. It's an exciting day. Um, I'm, I was just thinking on driving here. I think probably 15 years I've known uh, these two individuals. I'm, I'm going way back in my head. So today we have a special guest. Uh, we got Ross Outdoors. Ross Equipment. So we have Yona Ross and Josiah here. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Mike. Hello. Yeah, glad to be here. Yes, yes, yes. So um, as we know with our podcast, as we like to hi- <clears throat> highlight, you know, anybody um, that's in the industry that basically helps support conservation, hunting, the outdoors, um, people that make a difference in the lives of others. And the um, reason why we have uh, Josiah and Ross here is because they are, in my opinion, one of the poster childs of making a difference in the metro Phoenix area and throughout the state of Arizona. And you could even look at some of the stuff they do all across the country so it's exciting having you guys here so welcome thank guys you. thank you mike so um i'm thinking and thinking and we used to have a a big hunting show here and i remember there was a a little booth that we'd be walking through and uh all of a sudden this image of uh, ross equipment ross outdoors i mean this little 10 by 10 booth and i, and I think that's if i remember back that's where it kind of started. It was basically a rental of equipment and as it related to hunting stuff. So you want to kind of talk about how you guys started Ross Outdoors and, and the yeah. vision and things like that? You bet. So um, I actually started a, a rental equipment company in 1994, and uh, we specialize in lifting equipment. And uh, it's kind of a specialty product, so uh, <clears throat> it's something that's pretty expensive, and people don't necessarily want to stock that in their own fleet in, in terms of contractors. But that whole concept kind of came into play uh, when Josie was about 16, my son Josiah, uh, we had a little talk about uh, entrepreneurship. And he was already an avid hunter and interested in the outdoor store uh, idea. And um, we decided that uh, optics were kind of similar in terms of it's a very expensive thing. And it's something that everybody would like to have, but they don't necessarily use it all the time. So we came up with a concept of, uh, of renting out optics, uh, expensive optics, Swarovskis and that kind of thing. And we also uh, started renting uh, uh, ATVs back then. Uh, we had uh, canvas wall tents, all kinds of camping stuff. So yeah. it was really cool. But um, I remember when the <laughs> we went to uh, the Bowhunter Happening up in Williams, Yep. And it was our first launch, really. And we had the binoculars there, and people were coming up to us, and they were saying, you're going to rent those out? Are you crazy? Because <laughs> we had a full lineup of Zorowski and stuff like that. And it was kind of a new concept. You know, people weren't used to the idea. And uh, I think they kind of thought they'd never come back, you know, once we rented them out. But uh, we've never had any problems, you know, over all these years. You know, people are really, really reliable, and, and they're good about bringing stuff back. And and not damaging stuff, so it worked out good. But uh, uh, Josie, like I said, he was just 16 then, and we decided to, to launch this thing as part of uh, uh, an idea that when he got out of college, he would come in and, and take over on the outdoor store, and it's really just about how it happened. Yeah, 2011, right? Yep, 2011 is when I graduated from NAU, and we started back then. We were in, in the West Valley at Van Buren, 59th and Van Buren, and the store is a lot smaller than it is now. But uh, we had Dave there running it at that time. <clears throat> He's still the manager to this day. Everyone knows, like, if you think Ross Outdoors, you're automatically going to think Dave. He's kind of our staple there. So 
he was running it by himself. Um, you could probably elaborate on it, but that was pretty deep in the heart of the recession. And so it was kind of like a, a toss-up to keep that thing going, I think, at times for you, if I had to guess. <laughs> it's true, yeah. So I give Dave a lot of credit back in the old days for handling, you know, that amount of work just by himself. Plus, I think that's carried over to today when we get really busy. Dave never gets rattled. <laughs> I think he's just, he's been through it. But um, so I definitely was lucky to start with a good base. Um, we had Dave and Nate, um, who was working there at that time. Everyone knows Nate too. He actually just um, moved on this past year, but he was a great employee for us too. So um, I had these older experienced guys that I got to come in and work with and kind of bring a younger perspective in my marketing skills, I would say, <coughs> and kind of get into the online business as well and get a website going and all that. So luckily from there, we've just been able to grow. And our biggest thing is always just that I always preach and that we always kind of live by is just uh, the customer service. <coughs> so if you come into Ross Outdoors, you should be greeted within the first couple minutes. If not, it's because we're like really busy, but you're never going to just be like ignored. And if, if that does happen, that's a serious issue. And everyone that works Mike and I can attest to that. Every time we come in there, we're greeted. And if we bring people that you guys don't recognize, they're still greeted. And that's every employee there from, from Dave and Grady to, to you two, um, Brian, uh, Brian's incredible as well. So customer service is important. That's a dying thing, and you guys are on top of it. Yeah, we have been blessed with a really good crew. These guys are awesome individuals, and they're very talented, <clears throat> and, and that's worked out really well for us. Yep, absolutely. And I think when I look at, you know, the hunting industry and you look at, you know, the big box stores and there's a lot of smaller um, other hunting shops and things like that, most of them are, are small businesses, and they're, it's an individual that owns it that's basically who's – you get to see every time. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I hear and one of the reasons why we refer and you guys, you know, as a, <clears throat> to, in our opinion, one of, you know, the, the top bow shop, the outdoor shop, you know, that Arizona has to offer is consistency. And I think no matter where I go, who people I know is they, they know that it's the same core team of employees that have been there. We're talking 10 years now of solid since you opened in 2011 yeah. and we're approaching to, you know, 2021. Yeah. And I, I think that is a, a staple that people realize is that we can walk in and you have the same employees, the same foundation, and they've, you know, for 10 years straight, they've had the same message, the same consistency, same customer service. Then you add on the expertise of it, you know, the, the unprecedented, you know, it, I look at Dave and I call him the perfectionist, you know, mm -hmm. it's funny because as you hear people, they're like, Oh, I only let Dave touch my bow. I only let Nate touch my bow. Yeah. And, and it becomes a saying where it's not just a cycle of up and down of, you know, who's there, who's not there. It's they can walk in and they know they got the highest quality. So to me, that's that's really huge for you guys. Yeah, and it takes a long time to build that trust with people. Bows are so finicky. It's like you don't just want anyone working on your bow. But we have had you know new people added onto the team, but we always make sure they're getting tons of training just so they know. And it's always takes that the new person a long time to kind of build up his. <coughs> clientele I guess you could say of people that will trust him but um, new new people is what we really like working with 
um, people new to the sport, that's always my personal favorite when you get to just have someone shoot a bow for the first time, you see their face light up. It's like, I could probably, definitely could not count on one hand how many times I've like had someone shoot a bow and they're like, oh man, that just sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that shoots one, they're smiling. So. Yeah. Right. You can't have a bad time doing that. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like riding a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, that is true. And something else that I see what you know kind of shows the culture of your company is your employees aren't scared to say, hey, I don't know something, and go ask a second opinion. And I've noticed that. So even though you're training up these, these new people, you know, they're not necessarily making a decision with half information. And I've seen that where they might not fully understand something like, hey, let me, let me go get a second opinion. Yeah. And as a customer, I mean, that's huge. I'd rather somebody take that extra time, say, hey, I don't really fully understand, but let me go get a second opinion. Because it shows that they care, and they and it's not just about selling something. They want to get you all the information, the correct information, to allow you to make that decision. You know, based on whatever that that you're looking at. So, yeah, and that's another <coughs> thing that goes back to just this industry. It's not like, I mean, people have their assumptions when they come in, but we're not making a ton of money just selling a bow. So, our business is relying on the customers coming back. You know, when they need arrows or new sights or broadheads and stuff like that so it's not like we're not trying to like nail oh, let's get this guy let's get him like a two thousand dollar bow we're gonna make so much money no it's all about is the guy happy is he gonna come back is he gonna tell his friends about us so it's not yeah our goal is just to make you happy so you want to come back and continue to come back to the shop yep and i think i can i've been there i think the last three years <clears throat> and i've taken a couple pictures and you guys have your customer appreciation just as a thank you you know, there's times that there's people lined up around your whole building trying to get in there because they know the great things that you guys are discounting. I'm sure you guys are taking a loss on a lot of those items, and you look at all the free stuff that you give. And I think that's another testament of as you get that reoccurring, you get these line of people that are saying, okay, when's that next appreciation day? Because we're right. ready to open up our wallets and spend a whole bunch of money. So Yeah, absolutely. And the kids. You guys have tons of things for the kids. I brought my boys in there, and they, they run to the back on the on the rental side for the ice cream or, or from the food and whatnot. So okay. there's something for everybody on those customer appreciation days. Those were fun. Yeah. Who knows? When those will be coming back. Right, yeah. Crazy Probably not times. this year. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Absolutely. So let's uh, so talk about your love for hunting. So we understand, you know, the, the business side, but also you guys are hardcore hunters and you guys have harvested a lot of, a lot of great animals. And I mean, that's one of the things if, if anybody wants to come down to see the shop down there, I mean, you can spend an hour just, you know, get kind of drooling and looking at all these incredible animals. And the cool thing is they're not just all yours. They're, you have some customers that have, have animals in there. You have some employees and uh, it, they're truly impressive to see. Yeah, they are. And we have, uh, like you mentioned, Mike, we have some really nice trophies in there. Um, most of them from our employees, and, um, and but also, like you said, from some customers. But it's interesting. It's some really nice taxidermy work, and, and we're kind of, uh, we kind of like to showcase that. But we have been, um, we've been pretty avid hunters for a long time. Uh, Josiah started real early. I know, uh, you know, that's pretty typical these days with our kids getting them going out there with those junior hunts. But he had a very successful um, time as an early hunter. He had, what did you have, like uh, six out of the Big Ten by the time you were 15? I had half of them, so that was my lifetime, lifelong dream until my unsuccessful uh, buffalo hunt kind of dashed that. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a rough one. But, uh, yeah, so I was really just all about it as a kid. That was my passion, you know, so when we kind of came up with the idea to do the store, I was 
I was all about that. But um, yeah, nowadays it's just like uh, trying to, we're so busy. It's like trying to make time to get out there is the hardest thing um, for both of us. So it's good when we can actually like either get drawn to where we can plan a hunt or try to go somewhere out of state and make a trip out of it. It's just, it seems like the older we get, the, the harder it is to do it. But mm-hmm. um, we do have some plans coming up in the future to get out there. So Yeah. You guys went to Texas earlier this year, right? Uh, I did, decided, yeah. yeah. That was right before the, yeah, the pandemic. It was like I got to the plane, and <clears throat> I was like, man, it's kind of just weird vibe. It was early March, and then went on the hunt, which was really cool. I was trying to kill an Axis buck. Never did have one come in. I did get a hog with the bow at night, which was the first one I've ever got actually in the dark. So we had a, a flashlight on the stabilizer. And they tell you the hogs, I guess, are pretty finicky about it. So you actually have to draw up in the air and then come down on the hog with your light. And uh, yeah, I, I got a hog that way. And then uh, I ended up missing another one in the day. Hmm. But I've been to Texas, I think, five times, and that was actually the first hog I'd ever gotten with a bow. Wow. So my Texas experience is it's always like, oh, unlimited hogs. And then <laughs> you get there, and it's like the hogs are all nocturnal. So right. <laughs> unless, unless there's a they're set up to hunt at night, that's kind of a tip, I guess, if you're like <clears throat> going on a Texas hog hunt. You know, ask if they're set up for night hunting and ask if you, know, you can hunt with a bow at night or they set up for bow if you want to get one with a bow. Because it's definitely kind of like you just assume, oh, Texas hogs, it's going to be easy. And they are very smart, and they, a lot of times, they're just straight nocturnal. Right. Yeah. And Texas allows baiting. Texas allows you can have food. You can you can have those bait stations, and you can have artificial lights, correct? Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. pretty different from Arizona. It's like you go over there. It's, right. It's kind of no holds barred is what it feels like. It's Yep. It's a totally different style of hunting than here, but I really enjoy it. To me, it's kind of just like a relaxing yep. environment. It's not like, oh, I drew this tag. I waited 10 years. You know, I got to get a big one. It's just like, okay, we're just going to go hunting. Yeah. <laughs> go yep. back and eat some steaks or whatever. Right. You guys went bow bow fishing as well when you were there, correct? Um, I did not. The Earlier, um, the, the year before that, we did a gar fishing trip which was really awesome. Um, Ross caught the biggest gar. They are huge. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and they have some huge teeth. Right. Yep. Yep. You want to describe them fun. for anyone that doesn't know what, a, what an alligator gar looks like? An alligator looks like a, or an alligator gar looks a lot like an alligator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Until you get past his teeth. And then it's, a, it's just a, a large-scaled uh, Kind of slender fish, but they're, um, I think the ones we got were probably close to five and a half foot long, a couple of them. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty big. They fight really well. And uh, it's all catch and release, but uh, it, it's really a lot of fun. They really put up a battle. It's like jump. A, yeah, ocean yeah. fishing in a river. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, that was a Trinity River in Texas. Wow. And uh, uh, really cool. Good trip. We did go, uh, we did go down and do a little uh, bow fishing or bow hunting for alligators the year before that down in Florida in the Everglades. 
Yeah. That, was pretty, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, we did that yeah. for my uh, my buddy Ward's bachelor party. Now that's a bachelor party right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a that's a different experience too. Um, I would say it's the most challenging hunt, but it was definitely a, a cool experience. I always wanted to get a gator. So they require a sp- uh, a set poundage or a fixed blade or. Um, they have special requirements to penetrate really. an alligator. <laughs> no, we brought um, just like some heavy arrows, and your shots are like really close. But uh, yeah, he got one with the he got the biggest one there too. Ross likes to get the biggest thing on every trip. Show up, Dad, to, showing everyone up. <laughs> yep. See how long I can hold that together. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. We and we used uh, Dale's grave diggers on those. On yep. those gators, they work well. Yeah, he's yeah. an incredible craftsmanship when he comes to that stuff. Oh, man. It's just unreal. It's the detail and how he can see and vision that stuff just blows me away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, for it. Yeah. But yeah, we've had some great hunts over the years. We've had some great elk hunts. You know, we've had, uh, we waited for a long time. Josiah talked me into uh, going on a archery antelope hunt when I had like 20 bonus points. <laughs> I've been stacking up. <laughs> <laughs> and so. We went out. And we both killed some nice, a uh, couple of nice bucks. In fact, Mike, you were telling us where to go. Then that was when we had that 19A tag. Oh yeah, we appreciate that. And then, uh, yep. and then we drew it back to back. So, yeah, <laughs> it was so crazy. So we've had that. We've had some great elk hunts. We've had uh, uh, some great deer hunts. It's been, it's just been awesome. It's been a, a lifestyle for us. And then, um, Josiah has a younger brother, uh, my youngest son Cole, and he's uh, he's interested and he's a He's an avid hunter as well, and it's been just an awesome thing for our family. Yep. It's been a real blessing because uh, we love it so much. And then once you're uh, once you're out in the field with your boys, I mean, there's nothing better than that. You know, it's really uh, it's yep. really cool. Absolutely. And so it's been great that we've been able to, you know, work um, the Ross Outdoors uh, business into the whole thing. And, and uh, uh, like I mentioned, we I've got the uh, heavy equipment business as well, and we have a lot of people that crossover you know we have clients on both sides that um uh that we get to see often and a lot of the contractors are in you know in the bow shop on a regular basis so it's been great for relationship building and um and luckily we have been um blessed with the fact that you guys have been such an (coughs) awesome partner for us in this thing and we we really value uh christian hunters of america it's been fantastic to work with you guys and you're true professionals and i think the the fact that we've had the opportunity to um you know do some of the uh things we have with you guys have been just been really great it's been great for we appreciate that yeah it's been great for uh the morale of the people that uh, that we work with and it's just it's been an awesome fit for us we really uh really uh, appreciate your organization thank you we appreciate that too and that's kind of why we, we started a podcast is to maybe show people the other side of what we do as you know an all-volunteer organization you know our kind of our vision and values is make a difference you know in lives of others and to support businesses and to you know kind of bring everybody together as one you know in, in such a time as we know as there's so much diversity and you know and chaos and everything else is you know, we as an outdoor organization, you know, for all of us, you know, in the state of Arizona and across the country, I mean, we should all be united. Yeah. You know, and and, and some of my struggles is is why are we fighting infighting between each other? It shouldn't matter what the species is, what the organization is. We should all have that common mission, and you know, and coming together. You know, we may be in 
some competition, you know, based on the same customers and trying to raise the same monies. But ultimately, the goal is is make a difference in conservation and, and help our wildlife and you know to make yeah. a difference. So, yes, sir. That's you know, it. you know, and I th- I think that's the reason why we're here for today. You know, doing this podcast is having you guys in as as a great support, a great business, and giving back. And we'll be having a bunch of other conservation groups and other businesses. And, and the idea is if somehow we can everybody hears their story and we can all come together. I mean. We, we can only grow and we can only make differences if, if we're all on the same page. You know, we can't do things when we're in fighting and things like that. And I'm sure you guys have seen that and it gets frustrating sure. at times. We won't say names or, or organizations, but I, I would, my goal is really to let's get rid of that competition and, and what can we do and come together. Because at some point, you know, as we know in the hunting industry, they want to take away our hunting rights. You know, it could be, you know, our, our, Second, Amendment, our Second Amendment rights, or it could be hunting rights, it could be, you know, lions and bears, and, you know, there's all these different things that they're always trying to reduce, and the only way we're going to be able to stand is to unite, come together, then use, you know, our game, Arizona Game and Fish Departments, you know, through their biologists to, to show that that stuff needs to happen through hunting, so. Absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah we defeated two years ago the HSUS um, when they were pretty well organized, but luckily, um, for everybody that doesn't know, the Humane Society of the United States does a lot of uh, anti-hunting, anti-Second <clears throat> Amendment, uh, wanting to outlaw a lot of the uh, predator hunting. And they had a campaign where they were preaching to people on um, misinformation in the sense that they didn't want anyone to go hunt mountain lions, ocelots, jaguars, and lynx. And most people don't realize that jaguars and ocelots are already protected and Arizona doesn't have any lynx. So basically they were trying to outlaw any type of mountain lion hunting and you have game and fish biologists who know far more than someone that just has a a feel good sensation of wanting to outlaw because they like cats, um, that they have to have some sort of predator control. And fortunately, all of the partnerships and outdoor organizations and hunting groups got together and were able to defeat that. And like Mike's talking about, we all have to stick together because there is that constant attack uh, on hunting rights in addition to Second Amendment. And this is an election year and everybody's seeing that come full circle. But um, enough negativity. How did you guys get into the archery aspect? What made you guys want to have an archery shop instead of just a, a hunting shop? Well. Oh, you want to go ahead? No, you go ahead. That was back. Okay, that was yeah, that was kind of early on. Um, but we had uh, we had been doing the rentals primarily, just the rentals, and then um, uh, it was about two years before you finished college, and we decided that we needed to uh, kind of take it to the next level, and so we reached out to uh, the bow manufacturers to see if we could get some dealerships, and we did. We just kind of chipped away at them. We started with PSE, and then uh, and then we ended up getting Hoyt, and then Finally, Matthews, and pretty much went through all of them, and now we have all the major brands. Uh, Josiah was an uh, advertising major in uh, uh, in college up at uh, NAU. So when he got there, um, we really started to uh, advertise a lot more, and and with the new uh, at that point, you know, internet advertising and and that kind of thing, and um, we just started adding products. And, uh, but the archery has, has always been, a, you know, probably our, our favorite for sure because of the, like you guys mentioned before, you really create awesome relationships with your customers there because it's a very personal thing, you know, when you 
when you go to a pro shop and oh yeah and uh like mike mentioned you don't you get kind of accustomed to one person working on your bow and and uh, our employee retention has been awesome you know so people stick with us and we continue to you know be able to service people with the with the same um employees that it, we've had for a long time i think dave's been with me 18 years already and yeah. uh well, you probably started working for uh, for me when you were about eight. So. <laughs> <laughs> Watched a lot of equipment back in those days. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we've we've got a a really cool crew that's been with us a long time, and and then when Josie got in and, and kind of started taking the whole thing to the next level, we broke it out uh, from the uh, the equipment company uh, when he actually came to work full time, and so now we're partners in that business and. Uh, and um, so, yeah, it's taken off. It's really taken off since he uh, since he got involved and, and took it to the next level for us. But the archery, the actual archery, I would say kind of started out of necessity just because um, we didn't really want to deal with the legalities of having a gun store back then anyway, at least. Um, in the future, who knows where that might go. But um, uh Rentals is pretty seasonal. Like we're in the peak of our rental season right now. Seems to me that more um, rifle hunters tend to rent stuff, just because they have limited opportunities compared to bow hunters just to get in the field. Right. But um, archery was always just really interesting to me. And when we did start selling the bows, I remember just getting a bow and I just kind of fell in love with it. I actually had an arrow. Um, so way back when, I think I was 16, I got kind of my first like big boy bow, you know, full compound. And it was the first night um, shooting it um, in the backyard at an arrow implode and punched through my hand. Um, and so that kind of put an immediate halt on the my bow hunting career. Um, I, I, yeah. took, I took a two year break um, so I was still in high school. The bow shop was just kind of getting rolling. And uh, then they came out with the Easton Full Metal Jackets. And they're like, come on, man, you got to try. I think Dave was really instrumental in getting you back in the range. Yeah. So they're yep. like, come on, man, you got to try it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember shooting that first arrow. I flinched so bad. And I shot the second one. And then after that, I was fully back in. No worries from then on. But uh, I will have to say I was a little bit worried because the last thing you want to do is walk into the <clears throat> ER with a with an arrow through your kid's hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. That was not cool. It's freaky. It's but, scary. Uh, yeah, it is. But, and, and that's a note. I mean, we yeah. always try to preach this to people. But if you've never heard of flex testing your arrows, watch a YouTube video on it. Or, I mean, you kind of just take the arrow in your hand and you're rolling it, listening for cracks. But that's probably one of the the best ways to avoid any kind of accidents. You just want to inspect your arrows before you shoot them. <clears throat> There's a ton of force being exerted into that carbon. So any compromises in it can actually cause it to shatter. And mm -hmm. your hand can be the first thing it hits. Yeah, the receiving end on the, on holding the front of that. Oh, uh, yeah. That cannot feel good. 
Yep. And I, and I know as, as bow hunters and as you become successful, a lot of us like to use that same arrow and say, hey, you know, use one arrow for multiple animals. Or you shoot at an animal and, and you miss and you pick that and you put it in your quiver up and you never even think about that again. So that's that's a great point of as bow hunters and you're out there and you're shooting and you're missing, you're picking up those arrows, that force is hitting the ground. It can be hitting rocks or trees or it's buried into a pine tree and you dig it out and you put it right back in your quiver and you don't realize you just took away a lot of that integrity of that arrow. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes we look at those arrows, and I, I'm very guilty as we look at a dozen arrows, a high-quality arrow is 150 bucks, you know, roughly. Yeah. Then you're like, hey, should I just break this arrow and throw it away, or do I put it back in my quiver? And I think sometimes we got to think about what's the magnitude of your safety with spending, you know, $15 for an arrow or something, knowing that you shot that arrow, it did its job, now just break that arrow and, and go get come back down to Rossat Doors, get another dozen arrows or something. So, I mean, again, I think that's one of those things I think we need to educate people on is don't take for granted that arrow is in perfect condition because you're a testament to that. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. sure. You guys had an indoor range at your old shop as well, but it wasn't as sophisticated as the current one, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, just a small two-lane basically where you could test them. So now we have a 16-lane, 20-yard indoor range fully air conditioned everything and then we got tvs up <clears throat> above so where you can see where you're actually hitting in the target which is nice air conditioning is very important here in the summer yes. yeah or for, for three quarters of the year <laughs> yeah. we keep exactly. it nice and cool in there too yeah. So, yeah that place gets filled up we were talking about earlier on the customer appreciation days if you if no one's ever been there um like we said there probably won't be one this year but when they do have one again there's so many good deals that you have to take up part of the archery lanes because the shop, even as big as it is, can't hold all the, the items that are on sale, right? Yeah, we fill exactly. up the whole range just with deals for everybody. That's kind of like the, the deal zone or doorbusters, whatever you want to say. Uh -huh. Like Black Friday. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> running in to get it. Yeah, normally Black Friday is like our one of our biggest days, too. We do the same thing, but yeah, that won't be happening this year. We'll probably just be doing most of our sales online. But, um, yeah, we appreciate, I mean, we have people come from all over the state even on those days. So we really do appreciate the support that we get from our customers. What's your, speaking of which, what's your farthest customer that you guys know of in state and out of state that is a regular returning customer? Uh, we get a lot of people from Yuma. Um, we get people from up in Sholo, literally all over the state. Wow. And then we had, for a while, we had a customer that um, he worked at the airlines. And so he was flying from California whenever he just wanted stuff done on his bow. That was pretty cool. But <laughs> with the rentals the last couple of years, um, we've been getting customers from back east. Or if they draw a tag here, they'll, they we're pretty close to the airport. So they'll fly in, come rent their binoculars, and then go on their hunt. So Texas, wow. you know, back east, Pennsylvania we've had. So pretty much all over the place. That's a testament as well to the customer service. And like you said, what are the, what are the, some of the other brands? Everybody knows about Swarovski. So Swarovski uh, and Vortex are two biggest ones that we rent. We do have some Zeiss in the lineup as well. And we also sell Leica products. We don't um, really have much in the rental fleet for them. But most, most of the rentals, you're going to have like Swarovski. One of the most popular is the BTX. They just came out with the 115. Once we get... That's a 115-millimeter objective lens. Once we get uh, an ample stock of those, we'll be able to rent those two. And those things are huge, really cool piece. If you've never seen the BTX, look it up. It's basically a giant binocular 
it's a spotting scope, but it's got two eyes. So you don't get the old uh, pirate eye headache from trying to glass through a spotting scope. And then a lot of people, um, I think when they're new to hunting, they just automatically assume, oh, for glassing, I want a spotting scope. Um, we usually recommend people start with a pair of binoculars and put them on a tripod. So if you're going to rent binos or buy binos or and you're in between a spotter and a, a pair of binoculars, we'd always recommend go with like a pair of 12 power binoculars or even a pair of 10 power binoculars and set them on a tripod. That's going to give you um, more all around use and a better chance of spotting stuff without a massive headache. Yeah, the difference between hand holding and, and putting it on a set of <coughs> a tripod is night oh, yeah. and day difference. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. For anyone that comes out here and does our uh, our little whitetails, our coos deer, it, it's hard enough seeing them on a tripod, much less hand holding the pair of binos. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Then uh, also you guys kind of specialize in a lot of high-end other products too. You want to kind of talk about those from boots to backpacks and yeah. clothing and things like that. So I, to me, that's a testament too for a, a small business to have that kind of selection of variety is, is really incredible. When you think about it, you can walk into a store and you can basically walk out and be almost fully outfitted. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, my goal is um, to have the products in the shop that you look at online, but you actually want to touch them and feel them because they're expensive for one so like in the last couple of years with the bigger shop that we have now we're able to add all these cool brands so we have like crispy boots uh, loa boots kenetrek solomon shoes uh, we're getting handwag boots as a new brand uh, we have mystery ranch backpacks we have stone glacier backpacks and clothing um, they're one of the we're one of the few retailers in the whole country for them which is pretty cool um, we have all the bow lines, we have Sitka gear, um, pretty much everything. We have like backpacking stoves, uh, sleeping bags, for mostly all the camping stuff is geared towards backpacking, backpack hunting and things like that. We don't just have like your standard Coleman tents or anything. It's all kind of your higher end, um, specialty gear, trekking poles, um, Avalon knives, bench made knives. Um, pretty much, yeah, like you said, my goal is that you could walk in and say, I've never been hunting, and I want to go on my first backpack bow hunting trip, and you could get all your gear and walk out the door. Absolutely, and I think the other part is, as you talk about the high end, these are life, you know, these are investments that you'll be able to use that product for the rest of your life, and I think sometimes we forget about that. It's not just going to a Walmart and getting a, a pair off the, the rack, and it's going to rip and fall apart, you know, and then next year you got to go buy another pair, or you buy a pair of boots, you know, and it's the rubbers are coming off, and it's falling apart, and your feet hurt, so... I yeah. think that's the other piece is you're you're investing into companies that when somebody buys that, I mean, it, they're going to have ownership and pride in it, and it's going to last a long time for them. Yeah, and the cool thing about the outdoor industry is that these brands know that, so everyone really stands behind their gear just because they know, like, it's all about reputation, right? Is your buddy going to, right? you know? You Word gotta, of mouth is even stronger than all the <clears throat> social media in the world. Yeah, so you might be spending more, like you said, to get quality gear, but it's going to work better, and it's going to be backed, you know, by the company and by us as well. So, yeah, like you said, an investment. Yep, absolutely. And then the other piece is, is you the as you guys have the model based on customer service and you're handpicking these companies, I mean, you could blow up your company and, and have every product, but you're actually for, purposely handpicking high-quality, high-customer-service companies, people that will stand by their product, where I've seen other companies, they just want to get every retailer in there because they want to feel big and have all these options, where you're purposely 
handpicking all of these items because that those items basically fit your mission and your values and what you guys want to support because that's a reflection of you. Yeah, and I've we've said it over the years, kind of like jokingly, but in all seriousness, we've said like Ross tested, Ross approved. Ross is like the hardest person you'll ever see on gear. So if he can take it in the field and it'll survive, then we call it Ross tested, Ross approved, and we know that our customers will be able to use it. So, so what that means is because he shoots everything so big, if, if, you, if, if you meet that standard, you're going to shoot something big out in the field then. Let's go with that. I kind of like your idea, Mike. On, on the backpacks, like you're like – piggyback off what mike's saying you guys the stone glacier or does mr ranch teach you guys or is it from out there putting it on putting it through its paces and seeing what the backpack does seeing how you adjust it seeing how it carries the loads are you guys field testing those or are they coming out and trying to it's both they come and when we they usually come once a year the mystery ranch reps local but stone glacier comes once a year and kind of does like a refresher training but then we all actually use the gear too, so we we have tested and it works amazingly well. Like the difference between a high end backpack with a meat shelf and not. Like I had my got my first one two or three years ago now, but uh, hauling out his unit one bull, that was the first time I ever used one of these high end packs, and it was just like mind blowing how much better they actually work. So it's it's both. Yeah, because yeah, I've seen Grady and I've seen Brian instrumental and not just, you know, it, it, there is more than just <coughs> putting it around your, your shoulders and, and walking out the door kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's part of the, the service, too. So if you come in like we're going to fit you with your bow, if you're getting a backpack, you know, we're going to we're going to they're adjustable so we can fit it to you so that when you leave, it's going to be optimized to carry the weight for your body. Right. Mm hmm. The other thing, speaking of Grady, I was actually going to bring him up. I'm glad that's, I'm glad you brought that up. But so Grady was what, right out of high school, probably 17, 18 years old when he started with you guys. Yeah. Was he still in high school? Maybe. Too? Yeah, he was still in when he started. So he's, I think he's just turning 21 or somewhere around there. Because yeah. I know he was getting excited for that. And here is somebody that basically grew up in your shop, and you guys have handheld and trained and mentored. And talk about him just now competing at the highest level in Arizona at the archery level, as a young man, basically taking. You know, taking the, the, in my opinion, the industry by storm because his shooting is just incredible. Yeah, it is. And he's, um, this year he's actually planning to get his, like, professional card and he's going to be going to all the the shoots and tournaments for ASA, like, throughout the whole country. So I think he has nine professional tournaments scheduled. So he's, you know, fully delved into it. We're proud of him. And um, he puts in a lot of work on his shooting so it's it's crazy how much he shoots he shoots a lot and um he's been really like i've taken a few lessons from him lately and it's amazing uh what he's learned and how he's able to not only shoot but able to teach people yep. so he's been really really good at that as well and um josiah has really done a lot to help him accommodate his uh run here as a professional archer because um We've um, hired around that so that we can let him go and do his shoots, you know, through the high season. And uh, we're just, yeah, super excited for him, really proud of him because he's uh, he's not only an awesome technician, but he is, like you said, Mike, he's an awesome archer. He's just, yep, for sure. And I yeah, think uh, for some of us older guys, you know, I'm approaching 50 now, and to have a kid that's, you know, barely hitting 20, 21, it's, it's tough for some of us older guys to take advice from, 
somebody that's 30 years younger than us, you know? Yeah. But then you see the professionalism in how he takes the time, and, and I've witnessed that. And sometimes I come in the shop and I just watch him afar, and you can see the detail where he truly cares, and he's actually explaining things down to their level. And I think that's that's a lost start, too, you know, in the industry is, and no matter what, you, what you're doing, if somebody can actually teach you something at your level where you understand it and it makes sense, then you can actually back it up, you know, based on his shooting is incredible, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you guys offer, do any of the guys teach, or do you guys have lessons? It's mostly Grady. He's been doing some private lessons. Um, we don't do any, we did, like, big classes for a while. Um, kind of got out of that, especially now. But, um, yeah, Grady would be your uh, source for that. And he's, I mean, it's really pretty crazy. He's kind of a little hidden gem that if you did want some shooting advice, I mean, he shoots um, his coach is Mel Nichols, who is, he's been like the Team USA coach a bunch of times. And he's Brady Ellison's coach, who's the Olympian. So he's, and he lives here in the Valley. So, you know, Grady's learning from him. So if you're going to get some of that advice learn a little bit through osmosis just being around him yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah absolutely so i think the this can cope oh, i'm sorry you'll have to cut that one out you yeah. this will i'm start over so this will conclude our, our time i think and uh so we just want to thank you guys for coming and and is there anything you want to tell your tell our customers and your customers and you know everybody's kind of following on this podcast number one is how they find you on the website what's your address um, you know, how can they follow you on all your different social medias and things like that? So, yeah, I'd say, um, check out the website. We have most of our products all listed on there, rossoutdoors.com. You could find us Instagram, Facebook, or come to the actual shop in downtown Phoenix, 407 South 17th Avenue. Uh, wanted to say thanks to all our customers and especially thanks to you guys. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize how hard you guys work. Um, on the Christian Hunters of America stuff. I'm, I'm at my actual job working and I'm always seeing you guys putting in that time, you know, aside from your regular jobs. That's all just volunteer extra time. So um, you guys are awesome and we, we do appreciate you guys as well. Absolutely. We should certainly do. And I think you guys have an excellent organization. We're really proud to be part of uh, the partnership with you. All right, we appreciate it. Thank you. And, and one thing that we decide to do on these podcasts, we always end in a prayer, so I'll end us in a prayer, and uh, we'll go from there. So, All right, Lord God in heaven, we just uh, we love you, Lord, and we know that through you all things are possible. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to come and, and have fellowship with our friends uh, Josiah and Ross throughout Ross Outdoors and Ross Equipment. Lord, we just ask that you bless their business, Lord. We ask that you bless their employees, their families. We thank you for this time of fellowship, Lord. And we also bless anybody that's listening to this podcast, Lord, if they have any prayers, Lord, that, that you would uh, meet them right where they're at, Lord. And, and if you're out there and you need prayer, make sure you reach out to Christianers America, and we'd be happy to pray for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Christian Hunters of America podcast. If you have any prayer requests or you require any information, please look us up on ChristianHuntersOfAmerica.org or you can reach us on Facebook or Instagram under Christian Hunters of America.